our memories in life are filled with people whose lives rose to heights or came into the limelight and then some situation occurred in their lives they couldn't handle it and the life that was so glamorous, so wonderful just came into nothing they were shaken by those circumstances and their lives were completely ruined. Never picked themselves again. Some challenge, some opposition, some trouble and they could not survive again. And some of them died. They were buried never seen the end that they really hoped for or they worked so hard to get to. So, so basically in the middle somewhere, everything just collapsed for them. And some of these people were building their life. You know, life is, building a life is like building a house. They were building with all sorts of materials. Some built upon beauty, some built upon money, some built upon connections, human connections. You know, for some, for some people, all that matters is, you know, whom you know. And they build their lives, all their career or lives upon whom you know. And some build them upon, you know, family, family security, something that their family has or, or that kind of thing. But some crisis, some challenge, some affliction, some trouble, lifted its head, it, it, it head in their lives. And that was the end of everything. But you see, the truth is, God does not want our lives and your life to end like that. God wants your life, which you are building like a house, to be very successful. God's plan for you here on, the, on this earth is that you would get to the peak of whatever he's destined you for. Praise God. And he does not, and because, and because every life must be, must be built on some kind of foundation, he does not recommend any other foundation for you. Foundations like money, foundations like connections, foundations like beauty, your handsomeness, your own intelligence or whatever. He doesn't recommend any of these, of these fun, fun foundations. The only foundation he recommends is himself. Because God himself is the foundation of life. So he, God is himself is the foundation of life. Everything stems from him. Everything comes from him. 
We are here because he was there. Let me rephrase myself. We are here because he is. Praise God. We are here because he said, let us make, let there be, and there was. So if we, whatever life we are building, we intend to succeed. We intend to see the end. We intend, whether it be a marriage, it be education, it be a home, it be raising children, it be whatever, we want to succeed. God wants you to succeed even more than you intend to. But the foundation is himself. God is aware that the vicissitudes of life will confront us. But when they do, he wants you to remain unshaken. And he wants you to keep on flourishing. Hallelujah. So this morning, this is what I've come to share with you. Standing firm and flourishing in the storms of life depends upon God's wisdom. I'll say it again. Standing firm and flourishing in the storms of life depends upon the wisdom of God. With God's wisdom, you will stand firm. You will not be shaken. The challenges will come, but you will remain standing. They will come, but you will keep flourishing. Praise God. So this morning I want to talk to you about three. I would like to talk about three things. Just three things. The first thing I would like to talk about is that there are storms in life. The second thing I want to talk about is that God is, is, is a foundation. And that his wisdom is what we need to stand firm. And also to flourish. Hallelujah. Amen. Come with me please to Luke chapter 4. Luke 4 and the verse 46. I had wanted to skip this particular passage. So I moved on. I moved on. I moved on to the next, because I've been going for this book. I moved on, but then I read it and I couldn't move on. And I thought we need to do some work here. So let's go on with it. Amen? Amen? Right. He begins this last passage, Luke 6, 46 to 49, by saying, and why call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? Now I must say, I must say that this statement of the Lord Jesus is not a rebuke. 
He wasn't rebuking the people he was speaking to. I'm talking about the context. It may come as a rebuke in, in, another, in, in another context. But over here, he wasn't really rebuking them. It was, it was a kind of statement that teachers often use when they want to introduce a new subject. They introduce it. Why do I say that? I say that because he's been talking about loving one another. He's been talking about the kingdom of God. And remember, the kingdom of God that we're talking about is not a physical kingdom. It's a spiritual kingdom in, where, in, in which we have our being and move and make impact on this physical world. So the kingdom of God we've been talking about all along so far is spiritual. And we are in that kingdom. Hallelujah. We are in that kingdom. And we live here on this earth based upon how we live in that kingdom, spiritually. So he's opened up and said, there are two kinds of people who are on earth. Those who are in the kingdom of God and those who are not. And then he goes to talk about how people in the kingdom must all live their lives. The principles by which they live their lives. You may want to call it the Beatitudes. So he talks about loving your, your enemies and then loving people. And he shows us how to do it. And then when you go to the next chapter, he's, he's straight away showing care and love by healing someone. It's within this context, he says, why call me Lord, Lord, and don't do what I say? So in this context, he's not mad at anybody rebuking anyone. So what he's basically saying is, in his teaching, he comes to this point and then he, and then he says something like this. Moreover, you who are following me, do you do what I say? Moreover, you who have been listening to me so far, have you been taking my words seriously? That's what he's saying. So this question is being posed to all of us this morning. That we who have been following Jesus, we call, we who are disciples of, of Christ and in the kingdom of God, are we taking his words Seriously. We call him Lord. So are we hearing him and doing? That is the question. But the truth he brings out is this. That for us to stand firm and to flourish against the storms of life, we need. To depend on the wisdom of God. Which indicates that there are storms in life. There are storms in life. What do we mean by storm? Storm. A storm is generally a violent disturbance of the atmosphere 
with strong winds and usually rain, thunder, lightning, snow. It all comes together and it makes it very unbearable, you know, to step out. So when you have these things break out in your life, it becomes unbearable to step out. But a storm, in the way Jesus uses it here, he calls it, he describes it this way. He said, a flood came, or a flood arose, and the stream beat vehemently upon the house. That is, he described the storm, what we call storm, like a tempest. A flood that rises up and dashes against the building and makes the building either shake and fall down or, or to stand. So what we mean by storm are the circumstances, situations, challenges, difficulties, Light vicissitudes, but it's those alternating things that come in our way, things that we didn't expect, the uncertainties, the things we never planned for, that just creeps on us or just looms up on us, that just, you know, confronts us. Or as you are walking, you turn the corner and hey, trouble. Never planned for it, but it shows its head. Like you enter a year. And just the first, second months, you are confronted with a, with a situation that halts you, makes you stand for almost nine of the months. You're standing still. And for some people, it sets them back 20 good years. For some people, it takes away loved ones. For some people, what they never expected to happen. They made plans, made calculations, what they were going to do by the end of the year. And it's all taken off. Some people have changed careers unwillingly. They never planned to be teachers, but now they are. They become what we call statute teachers. They become what we call supply teachers. Supply teachers teach subjects they never planned, they never learned in school. Or if they learned, they know masters of. You find a maths teacher teaching hairdressing. What has math got to do with hairdressing? Apart from the measurement of the chemicals you're going to use. And you find PE teacher teaching geography or economics. And your classroom is your kitchen. Wearing jogging bottoms. God have mercy. Amen. So 
these things up. These are the things we are calling storms. Storms. Now, the thing we want to take note this morning is this. That whether you are a good person or a bad person, fair skin or dark skin, blue or white, green or yellow, pink or black, white or brown, whatever description you want to give it, Storms of life is no respecter of persons. It will come to you. And our present circumstance has made that very clear. It didn't come knocking on some doors, but on every door. And it doesn't care your age. Children and adults are, going, are, are all going through it. I am a child, so storm, stay away. No. Storm says, I will disrupt your schooling. I will make sure that what you should have learned in year three, that English you should have learned, you won't learn it so that by year four, year five, you've got a problem trailing you. But God is merciful. Hallelujah. So everyone gets it. Jesus, in this passage, in verse 48 and 49, he says, hey, the one who is wise and the one who is foolish, they all get storms. So storms come to everyone. So when storms come, please stop. Stop telling yourself, it's because I am this. That's why storms have come. No. Storms come to everyone. Challenges, difficulties, Come to everyone. You're not the only one facing challenges. Hello. Sometimes you think, well, it's because of my family background. That's the reason why I am where I am. No. There are some people who've got different family background than you, um, two, two years, but experiencing the same thing. Because I'm short, because I'm tall. Because I'm French, because I'm Indian, because I'm Caribbean, because I'm Ghanaian, because I am. Praise God. <laughs> no, it comes to everyone. God have mercy. And you see, Jesus does not give us any reason why the storms come. He says, the floods, the floods came. That means they just come. Hello? And you're trying to sit down, trying to soak. Why did this thing come? And you're trying to figure it out. Forget it. Whether you figure it out, it will come. And they do come. And they come to the obedient and disobedient. If you are thinking that if you become obedient to your parents in life, then no storms will come. Some of you, you've been the child par excellence. I mean, your parents can't fault you, but we are all in this. So you see, it's not your obedience or, or disobedience that has brought that brought that brings about troubles. Troubles come anyway. 
Before I keep wrangling on, let me, tell you, let me come to scripture so that we know that I'm not just wrangling on here. Come with me to Eliphaz, um, uh, to, to Eliphaz, Eliphaz, in Job. In Job chapter, Job chapter um, 5, please. Job 5, 7 and 8. Job 5, 7 and 8, please. Job. Praise God. If you go to your Bible, to the, to the Old Testament, running from Nehemiah, coming back down, you will see Job somewhere there. Before you meet Psalms. Job 5, please. But still keep your hands or your marker in Luke, because we will come back to Luke. We've not finished with Luke. Amen? Okay. Right. So Job 5, verse 7 and verse 8, please. Eliphaz says, Okay, let's take, it, let's take it from the verse 6 for proper under, understanding. Eliphaz says here in Job 5, 6 to 8, Although afflictions come, come not forth of the dust, neither doth trouble spring out of the ground. Yet, who? Man is born unto trouble. As the sparks fly up. Man is born unto what? Trouble. As the sparks fly up, there's just trouble. Trouble just comes. And later on, Job himself in chapter 14, please come with me. Same Job, chapter 14, verse 1. Job himself will say this. Verse 1, he says, man that is born of a woman is of few days and full of trouble. So Job sums it up very perfectly. That man that is born of a woman is of few days and full of trouble. So the counsel or the advice or the instruction that we can, or the lesson we can learn from Job is this. Troubles will come anyway, whether you are good or bad. So please don't add to it. Whatever you do, troubles will come. But don't add to it by living a life that is more criminal. Don't live a life that compounds the trouble that comes to you because it will come anyway. When you are trying to build things and you put your head down and doing things straight and doing things orderly, you are going to get challenges and troubles and afflictions come your way. So don't add to it by you yourself doing things that are not right to increase the trouble. Because they will come anyway. So some have compounded trouble because they've added to their own troubles. God have mercy. But the thing is this, when troubles come and we fail, when the changes come and we fail, it means one thing, that our strength or our foundation is weak. Come to Luke, please. Let's read it again. Verse 47. 
He says, Whosoever cometh to me and heareth my sayings and doeth them, I will show you to whom he is like. He is like a man which built a house and dig deep and laid a foundation on a rock. And when the floods arose, the stream beat vehemently upon the house and could not shake it, for it was founded upon a rock. But he that heareth and doeth not, it's like a man that without a foundation built a house upon the earth, against which the streams did beat vehemently, and immediately it fell, and the ruin of the house was great. So that's what we've just been talking about in a few, um, just a few minutes, minutes ago, that whatever you are, whether you build a strong house or you build a weak house, the storms, the, the floods will come. And they will beat against the house. There's trouble all around. We live in a fallen world, so there's trouble all around. So the trouble will come. But Jesus here gives us a picture in these verses. He says, when the storms come, there is something that can withstand it, and it's called foundation. He says that when you build the house, when the storms come, what makes the house stand firm is not the color of the paint on the house. Hello. Some people spend so much time Emphasizing the color of the paint of the house. Thinking that because of the paint on the house, when the storms come, the storm will just roll back. No. He says, no. What will make the house stand is not the decoration of the house, but the foundation of the house. Some people spend time, you know, decorating the thing, making it look more beautiful, more, more wonderful, more, more glamorous, and all the flashy, flashy things. He says, no, 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 no. It is not... The roofing you used, not the windows you used for the house, not the carpet you, you laid in the house that will stop the house from collapsing, but whether the foundation you laid is a strong one. So, the life we are, you are building. When I say life you are building, I'm talking about the home life, the marriage life, the school life, the, uh, the career life, the, the health life, the whatever life you are building. God is interested. God has his eyes in that life. God wants it to be well. Hallelujah. Whether you are single or you are married. It's not the issue. Hello. You see what Jesus Christ says? And whether you are male or female, doesn't matter. You see what Jesus Christ says here? Let's, let, let's go to verse 48. He says, he is like a man. He's like a man. The person who hears what I'm saying and, and does them is like the man who built his house upon a strong foundation that winds came and didn't 
fall down by the one who doesn't listen. It's like the man who builds out upon the sand and the thing. No, the man here is not referring to the male man. Hallelujah. By man, he is referring to someone who lives on the earth. Someone who has his home or dwelling on the earth, but is not an animal and is not a plant. Also by a man, he's referring to someone who's, who's on this earth, but is not a spirit, has not got, <coughs> hasn't got a body, no. You have to have a body here. Not God, not an angel, not anything. Someone that can speak. Someone that can be recognized, that can be seen. So he's talking about a human being. Hello? Human being. So not a male or female, no. That is not the man being used here. But man here as in human being. So any human being is what we're talking about here right now. Praise the Lord. Now he's saying that if a person built upon a weak foundation, then the house will fall when the storms of life come, when the challenges hit you. Well, I'm a child. I'm only five years old. So I don't get storms of life. Well, you already have. You already have. And some of you, you even had it before Corona. You go to school and the, 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 the things being taught, you sit, you sit in the classroom and for the first 30 minutes, you don't really understand what is going on. So, so for some children, they decide to, you know, create their own curriculum. While the teacher is, is teaching, they create their own. By, you know, making aeroplane. Um, Paper aeroplanes and throwing them. So you design your own curriculum in the, in the classroom. You design your own thing. You start, you know, pinching someone with a pencil and all that. That means because you don't understand what is, what is going on. So here, you've gone to a school. Monday was fine. Tuesday was fine. Wednesday, woo. You are sent to the office. Why? Because you are misbehaving in the classroom. Why? Because, and why are you doing that? And, you're, and, and you are quiet. And you can't say, miss, it's because I don't understand what you are teaching me. Won't you speak? Won't you speak? And you get punished because, because you didn't speak. But I'm sure if you had said, miss, I didn't understand what you were teaching, I'm sure you'll have escaped your punishment. Because at the end of the day, it's not your fault that you don't understand. But the thing is this, you faced a challenge. And are you going to fall? Is that going to be your ruin? Is that thing going to be the reason why you won't enjoy school the rest of your life? Or you're going to stand firm and flourish and have a testimony to tell. You face a challenge with someone, with another human being. Are you going to make that challenge 
something that determines your whole life, all your life? Are you going to say, beat it behind me? I'm moving forward in life. I'll come to that later on. But let's keep going. Praise God. Let's trust God to have more time here. So he says what? It all depends upon foundation. Okay, now, foundation. What is foundation? Now, every build, every, every, every build, everyone who builds, or, or anyone who is aware of any structure knows that foundations are important, right? And if your builder is going to build something for you, we all know that they dig the ground. Why do they dig the ground? They dig the ground because the building they are going to build, they have to make sure that they dig deep to meet a rock on the earth, a rock in the earth. This is the this is the this is the this is the thing about foundation. When you're building a house, you dig deep so that the concrete you're going to lay meets a rock that is in the earth itself. When your concrete meets the rock. Then there's a connection between the rock in the earth and your house. So as long as that connection remains, anything that comes against your house, because your house has made contact with a rock, it will take a storm that can move the earth to move your house. That's why they dig deep to meet a rock and put a concrete on it. But when that is not done, and the concrete is just poured anywhere, let's say in the earth, just poured anywhere, <laughs> or you get any, just find any stone, just find any stone, put any stone there. A loose stone is a loose stone. When the wind blows, a loose stone is still a loose stone, it will be carried away. Together with your building. The only one who can move the earth foundation is God Himself. So that when you are built on a strong foundation, nothing can move it. Hallelujah. And Jesus is here identifying Himself. As the foundation of life. Hallelujah. He identified himself as the foundation of life. So like the rock that is embedded in the, in the earth, he is also the rock of life. So if you're going to build a strong life, a life that will not be shaken by any challenge, but will continue to progress in the midst of challenges, it has to be built upon him. Hallelujah. Praise God. So he is the unshakable rock that life can be built upon. Amen. You see, the thing is this. The thing about Jesus is, 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 is this. He's not a physical rock, okay? If he was a physical rock, I'm sure most of us would have bought, bought it 
and put it under our feet so it can never be moved. But the thing is, he's not physical. Spirit, he's spirit, he's spiritual. So how do we build upon him as the rock of life? What am I saying? What I'm saying is this. God is the foundation of human life. So if a human being is going to build life, do life, the foundation has to be God. But you can't see God. He's not physical. So how do we build upon him as foundation? He says here in, in the Luke. It's here in Luke. Let's come back to it. Let's come back to it. Verse 47. He says, Whosoever, hallelujah. Oh, can you say with me, please? Whosoever. Oh, come on. Say with me with compassion. With, 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 with some passion. Whosoever. Whosoever. Oh, say like you mean it. Whosoever. Whosoever. Ah, it's a bit anemic. Who, let, let's, let's show one, one more time. Whosoever. Whosoever. Okay. Whosoever cometh to me, heareth my sayings, and what? Do it them. Or the one who hears my sayings and do them. So hearing and doing. Hallelujah. Someone say with me. Hearing and doing. Hearing and doing. Oh, let, 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 let's, let's say with some conviction. Hearing and doing. Hearing okay. So hearing and doing. Hearing and doing. <laughs> hearing and doing. Is the key, hallelujah. Hearing and doing. Hearing and doing. Now let me ask. Do you always have a passion to hear and to do what Jesus Christ says? I mean, honestly, 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 honestly. <laughs> oh, seriously, seriously. I need, I need you to be very honest with yourself this morning. That building on the foundation of life, of human life, which is God, right? Himself. <laughs> it's about hearing and doing. But the question is, are you always eager to hear and to do? Or even when you have heard, do you do? So then, how then do we build on him as a foundation? But hey, let's not, I'm not finished with that thought. There's still more. Inasmuch as you don't probably hear Jesus and do what he says, you do do something, don't we? So am I communicating? As much as we don't do what, hear him and do what he wants, we still do something. <laughs> we get it somewhere. That means we hear something else and do something else because every foundation of human life is based upon hearing and doing something. So it's a matter of coming, making a choice of what you're going to hear and do. 
But Jesus in this passage is teaching us that every other foundation is weak. I am the only solid foundation. Basically, what he's saying is I'm the only one worth hearing and doing. But the challenge is we don't hear him and do him all the time. Why is that? Why is that? To answer that question, I want us to take, I want, I want us to go a step further. Ready? Hello? Are we ready? Because there, there, is, there is more. We all follow everyone, every human being follows a principle or a pattern of life based upon fear and reward. Hello? <laughs> Your whole life and my whole life, we do what we do based upon either fear or reward. I was going to show some pictures. I'm not sure if we can see them today. I'm not sure if it's possible to see. Okay. Praise God. Um, now, I'm going to give you three, three images here, right? Three pictures. I'll try and give you three, three, three pictures. There is... Um, an Egyptian master holding a whip in his hands. And he's got slaves who must, who must build him some big pyramid. Right? And he's got a whip in his hand. And this slave must build the, the pyramid. Now, when the slave gets to work and is building a pyramid the way the master wants it, what is the motivation? What is the motivation? I've given you two things. We all respond to things. We all follow what we follow in life based upon fear or reward. So this slave who is building, I want it to, the master says, I want this one here, I want that one there, I want that one there, I want that one there. And the slave Throughout the day, he's doing exactly what the master wants. Because the whip is up. Now I'm asking you, he's doing the work as it must be done. What is, what is the motivation for doing what, what he's been told to do? Fear. So he is <laughs> He's living his life according to what he has heard, or he's doing what he's heard, right? Faithfully. Dutifully. But the motivation is fear. Okay. All right. Another picture. We have a student who is studying. Hours upon hours, sitting down, studying his books. Hours upon hours, studying, studying, studying. And his eyes are, he's feeling sleepy. 
and then he gets up and goes to the bathroom, cold water, washes, washes his eyes, and comes back and stands. He's, he's no longer sitting down, but standing, reading, marking everything. And he's been told that if you're able to do it, we will give you your certificate. And as he's doing, as he's reading, his mind is on a certificate. I ask you again. He's doing everything the teacher has asked him to do. What's the motivation? Reward. Another person is working, is going to the job place. They say 5.30, be on the job. 5.30, he is there. He travels four hours in the morning. He works very, very early. 5.30 or maybe 8, 8, 8 o'clock. He's in the city to report to his, to, his, to, his, to his masters. And he's doing that dutifully, without fail. They say, you have 20 minutes break. He says, yes, sir. And then at the end of the day, they promise him, we will give you 50,000 pounds a month. What's the motivation? <laughs> so, are all these people able to follow instructions and do them? Are they building a career? Yeah? Are they building a pyramid? Yes. Is there a motivation? Yes. What's the motivation? One is fear, the other is reward. These two things is the foundation of all our hearing, is the base of all our hearing and doing. So some people are not hearing Jesus and not doing Jesus because they don't see. The fear is not there. He will not whip me. Why should I bother? Some people behave the way they behave because they are afraid if they don't behave this way, something will happen. So they, they dutifully follow a particular line of lifestyle because if, if they don't something will go wrong something will go bad fear of something going bad did you know that some people attend church services because they're afraid that if they don't go for church for church service one sunday god will whip them with a with a cane or something so every sunday they are there because they are afraid something bad may happen because they stayed home once and something bad happened so because of that hey every time they have they have to go and if you take away that fear if you remove that fear, guess what? They will find another one which will make them still continue. Some people too, they are not seeing why they should follow Jesus because the reward they have been promised by someone else is all they know. And they think that that should be okay. But many are doing it. And at the end of the, of, of the day, their lives are ruined. Time will not permit us to go into the life storage of most people. Like the Jackson, that, the M. Jackson, the W. H. Uh, Houston. We, we, we won't go, we, we won't go we have time to go into all your life, but we cannot see. They decided to build their lives upon some foundation, moved away. From what they were taught when they were younger, they moved away from it and started to build upon a different foundation. 
And now where are they? But Jesus is a very, hallelujah, he's a good God. Here, he is presenting us his reward. Because you will follow and you will do anything based on either fear or reward. But because he's not the author of fear, he gives us reward. And the reward is this. He says, if you build on what, if you hear and do what I say, that reward is firmness and flourishing or prosperity. He says, I promise you stability and flourishing. Firm and flourishing. You will be firm and flourishing. You will be firm and flourishing. If you hear and do what I say, your life will remain firm. Whatever life you are building will remain firm and flourishing. Oh, hallelujah. In the storms of life, come the challenges, come the troubles, come the way, come the mayhem, come all the issues. Hey, you will remain firm and flourishing. Nothing will uproot you. Nothing will disturb you. Nothing will shake you. You will be unshakable, but you will go on flourishing and prospering. That is God's intent. That is God's plan. In his wisdom, he is the foundation of human life. We build upon him by hearing him and doing. Praise the Lord. Praise Jesus. You see, huh, Hearing and doing. Hearing and doing. Hearing what? The word of God. The word of God says, Thou shalt sow thy seed. Is that the word of God he's talking about? The word of God says, And the disciples of John showed him of all these things. Is that a word of God? Hello? What word is it? Come with me to the verse 47 again, please. The verse 47. He says, okay, the verse 46. And why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? Why call me Lord, but don't do the thing which I say? And then in the verse 47, he says, Whosoever cometh to me and heareth my sayings, say, sayings, say, say. What does he mean by say and sayings? By say and sayings, he's referring to his teachings, his doctrine. Another word for the sayings is wisdom. His wisdom. So basically what Christ is saying here is this. The foundation I'm calling you to build upon is the wisdom of God. So basically, the wisdom of God is contained in these scriptures. And he wants us to come to these things. Come with me. To Deuteronomy, please. I want to read something to us. Still keep your hands in Luke, please. Deuteronomy chapter 5, if you will, please. Chapter 5. Um, first of all, let's read chapter 32, please. 
Deuteronomy 30, 32, 45. Deuteronomy 32 and the verse 45. I want to read something to you. I've been blessed by this word for many, many years. Sorry, Deuteronomy 32 and the verse 45. Sorry if I messed you up. I'm, I'm sorry about that. Um, Deuteronomy 32 verse 45, I, I read. And Moses said, so and Moses made an end of speaking all these words, all these what? Words to who? To Israel. And he said unto them, set your hearts unto all the words which I testify among you this day, which you shall command who? Your children to observe, to do all the words of this law. So not only are we meant to hear and do, but we are also to do what? Pass on to our children. The question is this. If you are building a home, are you passing the teachings of God that you have learned over the years to your children? Those Bible verses which you know and you build your life on and always get back to, do you take time to teach your own children? I beseech you by the mercies of God, if you have never been doing it, begin to do it. Hallelujah. Go back home and say, hey, home, we are under new management. A new man has come home. I'm going to start teaching you the thing that God has taught me over the years. I'm going to pass on to you. I don't know the many things in the Bible. I'm not a preacher, but I know some things. God has taught me something, and I'm going to teach you. Praise God. And you're going to learn them, my children, because you live under my nose. You're going to learn them. Because I will make sure you learn them. Because God gave you to me. So I will teach you his ways. Hallelujah. So no child in your home should escape this training. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Whether they are 20 or 25, assemble them for Bible studies and prayer. Amen. 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 Oh, my child is 45 and I'm 60. Still your child. Your child is your child. Assemble them. Praise God. If they move from your, from your roof, then they have moved from your roof. And even that, when you call them, ask them, are you still continuing in what I taught you? My child. Are you following in my precepts? Are you following in my ways? Keep bombarding them with the truths that you've learned. Don't let them go scot-free. Because let them go scot-free. You see, Wherever there is darkness, evil reigns. When you keep quiet and, 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 don't, and don't talk about it, evil reigns. But in a home where the truth of God is forever being shared, everyone is aware that, hey, we must go God's way. But when you are quiet, mom is quiet, dad is quiet, every evil breeds in that house. But God forbid, we will turn things around, hallelujah. Oh, praise God, we will turn things around, praise God. We will change our homes, hallelujah. We will keep silent no more. We will begin to talk about them. We will discuss them. We will teach them. Ah, there's joy in the world. And you see, let's continue. 
And he said unto them, verse, 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 verse 47, Set your heart on these things, for it is not a vain thing. Hallelujah. The words of God are not a vain thing for you, because it is your, oh come on, hallelujah. It is your life. The word of God is your life. That means God created you that you would depend upon his word for the outcome of your life. So if your life is going to turn out blue, it needs the word of God to, to come out blue or else it will come out green. That's what, God, that's what it means here. If your life is meant to come out red and you don't stick to the word of God, it will come out yellow like jaundice. Hello? So Moses said here, <coughs> for what? That's you, it's your life. And through this thing, through what thing? Through your hearing and doing, you shall prolong your days in the land that God has given you to possess. Hallelujah. Your longevity depends upon it. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah, someone. Amen. That's not the end. That's not the end. Come with me to the same book of Deuteronomy chapter 4, please. Same Deuteronomy chapter 4. Now verse 5 and 6. So chapter 4, verses 5 and 6. Here, Moses, put his, Mo, Moses puts it differently. The verses 5. He says, Behold, Deuteronomy 4 verse 5. Behold, I have taught you statutes and judgments, even as the Lord my God commanded me, that you should do so in the land whither you go to possess. Keep, keep therefore and do what? And do them. For this is your... It's your... Oh my goodness. It's your... Oh, I can't hear you. It's your... Wisdom. The word of God in it is your wisdom. Bible says, by wisdom is a house built. We build through wisdom. You build a house through wisdom. So you build a life through the wisdom of God. Hallelujah. He didn't say, in wisdom, you have to build. But he says, through these, these words is your wisdom. That means he's talking about the wisdom that comes from God's word. Because there are wisdom of men, they don't build. Wisdom of men will make you produce a yellow life, a jaundiced life. When you're meant to be a healthy, white color, I mean, clear as, clear as water life. Your life must be as clear as clarity, praise God. And by the wisdom of God, we can do that. Amen? Praise Jesus. So you see that the word of God contains the wisdom of God. It is by this wisdom that we build. Now let me read something to you in Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 3, please. This is very crucial. I need to read this to, to you. So... The word of God is your life, is, is what your life, and the word of God is your 
wisdom. He says, it is your wisdom in the sight of, of, of all the nations. That means in all your dealings with people, the word of God will be your wisdom. Hallelujah. The wisdom of God is what you will need to deal with people, all the nations all around you. Proverbs 3, please. Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 1 and 2. It reads, My son, forget not my law, but let thine heart do what? Keep my commandments. For what? For length of days and long life and peace shall they add to who? To thee. Did he say to your neighbor? No, to you. So longevity and peace. Hallelujah. According to a study done by Professor Tyler Van de Wiel, it was noted that among the people who attend church, among the people who attend church services regularly, right? The studies show that 30, there is a 30% reduction in depression in their lives. A five-fold reduction in the likelihood of suicide. And a 30% reduction in mortality. And this thing was followed up for over 16 years. So over, over, over 16 years, they checked, they, keep, they, they kept the studies going. And they realized that those who attend services, check services regularly, that's talking about longevity of life, with the Bible promises here. They've done a study and realized that people who attend church services re regularly, they had a 30% reduction of depression. Five-fold reduction of, you know, suicide, feeling, oh, I want to kill myself, ah, no, 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 no. Five times, it was not among, it was lower among those who don't. And 30% lower than those who, you know, those who die off quickly. And it was also, they said, and this is the details, those who attend services more than once in a week, they had 33% lower mortality rate. Those who attend church services once a week, they only show up on Sunday. They had a 26% lower mortality rate. And those who huh, comes whenever it suits them, less than one, they had 13% lower. And the reason that was given to some of these things was this. Some people said, well, it was based upon the support system that they get in church in church, when they go to church services because of the support system. But they realized that the support system only contributed to 30%, 20 to 30% of the reason why it was so. That means 70% was something else. Then they realized that the lifestyle also contributed. Lifestyle, like people, who, because people don't smoke, they don't, they are not always drunk and all that kind of thing. 
that was helped. But they realized that the majority of the reason was because most of the people were hearing messages of hope, love, optimism. Regularly, faith. They were hearing these things consistently. And that was the, that was the, that was the major part of the reason for the lower depression, lower mortality rate, and the lower suicidal rates. And then some people say, well, but maybe what, what, one fascinating thing that came out of the study was this. They said it was not so much of people's private spirituality or what, oh, I'm on my own, I'm doing my own. Th-. They said it wasn't that. It wasn't among those people. Because there are some people who are just private, praying alone by them, doing all things by themselves. No, it was those who were attending church services regularly. This, I'm only giving you statistics. Facts of a study, done. Actually, not just statistics. I'm, I am giving you the facts of a study that was done over a period of 16 years. Professor Tyler Van Diewel, you can check it out. Praise God. So that the longevity that the Lord promises is certain. Hallelujah. Someone said to me the other day, isn't it? See, someone said it. Someone who has not done any studies said, people who, are, people who are in church seem to live longer. It is true. Why? Because they're hearing week by week, they're hearing hope, faith, love, you know. <laughs> Confidence, what God will do, assurance, all that. It keeps your heart going. The praises, the dance, you know, the, all those things. But when people are alone by themselves, their own thoughts, most of the time, are killing them. At least a person appears in a, in a, in a, in a, in a church service, if there were suicidal thoughts, the word of God just knocks it out. And they go back rejuvenated, encouraged, want to do more. Like right now, we are hearing that hearing and doing Christ, what Christ says is your foundation of what will give you firmness in the storms of life. And not just that, but will keep you flourishing against the storms. So the storms will be coming. If nothing motivates you to build your life on Christ, if this thing doesn't, then nothing will. Hello? If you're building life, and Christ is telling you today, if you build on me by hearing what I'm saying, hearing my words and doing them, I am promising you stability in your life when the storms come. And I'm also promising you flourishing even in the midst of the challenges. That means you will be unstoppable if this is not a reward. Nothing else would. I find this very rewarding. I find it very encouraging that Christ is promising me here. Uh, is, is, is promising me this in Luke chapter 6, 46 to 49. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. That hey, 
This shall be your portion. And then it says that, again it says, longevity and what? Peace shall it add unto you. What is peace? Peace simply, let me put it simply, it's because of my time. Peace means safety and prosperity. To be at peace means to be safe and to keep on flourishing. So he says, my son, Proverbs chapter 3 verse 1 and 2. As you keep my words, long life, longevity, and safety, and flourishing, shall it add unto you. Hallelujah. Praise God. Isn't our God good? He is good. Amen. Hallelujah. God is good. Now, what does this wisdom look like in the Bible? How does, what does this wisdom look like? Oh, okay, God's wisdom, okay, I need it. What does it look like in the Bible when I come to God's word? You see, I just want to run you through a few things that we've looked at in the past, in a few weeks. One, the wisdom God is talking about here is the principles that he shows us in his word. What are these principles? What are they? What are these principles? Amen? Amen. Number one. I'll just give you about seven of them and then, we, and then we'll be gone. Praise God. Hallelujah. If you're happy, shout with me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are you happy you are here today? Yes. Oh, are you joyful? Let's put it that way. Are you joyful you are here this morning? Mm-hmm. But we are happy and joyful. Amen. Because our God is good. Amen. Now it says, I'll give you these things. One, wisdom to build up a life upon. Make love your supreme value. We've been talking about love. Make loving people. Love, love God. Love people. Make that your supreme value. A value means something you will not go against in your life. Someone wants you to, you know, hate a life. Say, no, I can't hate a life. I have to love a life. I have to love God. So make loving God and loving people your supreme value. The thing that you hold dearest in life. That is a building upon the foundation of Christ. That's, that's in, that, that, that is in Luke 6. Two. Be considerate in your, how you criticize other people or those you don't agree with. People you don't like or, or don't agree with, be considerate in the way you criticize them. And don't condemn things you, you did not create. You didn't create it. Don't condemn it. At least speak moderately about it. Hallelujah. Christ says if you do, others will do it to you. So be considerate. Now, let me put it, now, now this, before I, I say the third one. You see, life must always be, be with a purpose. Life without purpose is a life without restraint. When there's no purpose in your life, you just turn anywhere. Proverbs 29 verse 18. 
Proverbs 29 verse 18. It says this. It says, where there is no vision, the people cast off restraint. What that means is, where people have, that word vision there means oracle. Oracle. It means what God has said. It means where, in a place where God's word, where God has said a purpose, a mental image, a dream, a, a purpose that God has put on the inside of you, where there is nothing like that, people live their lives anyhow. They go on to all sorts. So the third principle, the, the third wisdom is, is this. Make sure you focus on your purpose. Focus on your purpose. Many things will come your way, but by the mercies of God, focus on what God has called you to do on this earth. And let others deal with other things. Don't be a jack of all trades. Don't jump into every ship. You jump into other ships and you realize you lose your focus. Lose your joy. Lose your sense of love. Once you, make, once you go out of your purpose, you realize you're no longer loving. You lose your joy. Fulfillment is gone. You feel like you are some wandering star. But God have mercy. Number four. Hallelujah. Number four. Determine to serve somebody every day. That's wisdom of God. Hello. Determine to do what? Serve somebody every day. Before the day ends, ask yourself, who, who, who have I served today? Determine today, I'm going to serve somebody today. I'm going to help somebody today. I'm going to add some value to somebody today. I'm going to put a smile on somebody's face today. I'm going to help someone. And by the, the, the time that the day is about ending, ask yourself, whom have I served today? Hello. These are things that will secure you when those things come, you'll find yourself standing. Because you're pouring yourself into other people. Praise God. Number five. I'll give you a verse for this one. Philippians 4 verse 6. Don't allow thoughts. <laughs> this is a very important one. Against the storms. Don't allow thoughts. That makes you afraid or nervous. Stay in your mind. Quickly talk to God about them. Is someone hearing me? Yes. Don't allow it. Philippians 4 6 says that. Be careful, and brethren, I say unto you, be careful for nothing. Don't be anxious about anything. Anything that causes fear or nervousness, don't entertain them. If they, if they keep remaining on your mind, then it says, let be careful for nothing, but in all things, let your supplication be made known unto God. Go to God. Talk, talk to God about it. Don't let it remain an anxiety. Don't let it remain a fear. Don't let it make, make, make you nervous. An idea has come. Something has been said. It's troubling you. 
It's made you afraid. It made you fearful. No. Don't keep it. Talk to God about it. And say, God, help me here. Hallelujah. Make a habit of prayer in your life. That's number six. I'm talking about only seven things. Make a habit of what? Prayer in your life. And by prayer, I don't mean go to God with a, with a, with a shopping list only. Yes, you, you can go, but don't make that your way of prayer. Go to God to go and let God speak to you. Prayer, we say, is, commun is, is communication. But most of, most of the time, we go and then just talk to him. Like some talking war. Thank you. Amen. Bye. I've got my answer. No. Go there. Sit there or kneel there or lie there. And say, God, I'm here. I'm quieting my thoughts. Speak to me. And as your thoughts are quiet, see yourself. Maybe embracing him. See yourself, you know, praising him, thanking him, blessing him, and maybe embracing him at his feet or something. Let your imagination just rest upon him until he speaks to you. That's what prayer is meant to be. Prayer is meant to, you know, stabilize you. People didn't know that. People thought prayer was just talking to God. No. We all dissipate. We all have high entropies. Have you heard of that, that word? That his, some people say his quanta is high. His, his, his quanta has gone high. What they meant by his entropy is gone high. He's gone, no, prayer will calm you down. Why? Because God speaks to you. So prayer is meant to reduce our entropy. Entropy is a level of disorderliness. But prayer will help you come back together. Why? Because you go there, God speaks to you, and he's, he, he puts your heart at, at rest. Hallelujah. Will we practice these things? Let's practice them. Hallelujah. Because God wants you to. And number seven. Philippians 4, verse 8. Attitude. 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 Oh, my goodness. Attitude. Attitude. Huh. Attitude. Most of the things we say we cannot cope, so we throw in a towel. It's all about attitude. Attitude. Your attitude determines the things you can go through. When the things are hitting you, what's your attitude? Oh, I'm going to die. Oh, I'm finished. I wasn't good anyway. I wasn't good anyway. I knew I was going to fail anyway. I knew it wasn't going to happen anyway. Change your attitude. How do, how do you change your attitude? You change your attitude by changing your thinking. Change your thinking. Here, Paul says, Beloved, finally. Hello, finally. So I'm, I'm finishing, finally. So finally, brethren. Hello. Finally, brethren. Finally, brethren, of all that I have said, whatsoever things Whatsoever things are just. Whatsoever things are pure. 
or some of the things that are honest, things that are lovely, things that are good to report about. If there's any praise, if there's any virtue, think on these things. Let your mind dwell on things that are true, things that are pure, things that are honest, things that are just, things that are lovely, things that are good to, you know, report or talk about. Things that will bring praise. Talk about. Let your mind rest on these things. So, yeah, yeah, but, but my mortgage is due and uh, I haven't got money. So you're going to let your mind dwell on that. He says to you, you see, that's the problem. There's a reward. You are rather given into the fear. Why would you do that? Doesn't make sense. That, that's it. Hello? Hello, church. Yes. Dwell on these, think on these things, and let's change our attitude. Let's change our attitude by dwelling on these things, thinking, changing our thinking. You are thinking that you are poor. You are thinking that you are dumb, and that's the reason why you remain dumb. Change your thinking. That hey, I'm smart. God's, I'm God's image. I'm going to do well. Hallelujah. I failed last week, but I'm going to succeed this week. Hallelujah. I made a mess last week. I've not been a good dad, but I'm going, but I'm going to be a, a better. The, the one you can never get over with. I'm going to be the best. I haven't been the best wife, but from, but, from, but, but from now on, I'm going to be the best wife you ever will set an eye on. I've not been a good husband, but from today, you're going to taste Mr. Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. I've been a most sloppy and floppy worker. But hey, boss, from today, you're going to see a brand new worker. Hallelujah. Amen. You're going to experience a brand new, you know, person, employee. I'm going to be the best you've, you've, you've ever had. I'm going to work hard. Oh, I'm a lazy boy. He said, no, I'm a hard-working boy. Uh, I'm shy. No! Shyness is not my portion. I am bold and daring. Hallelujah. Change your, change your thinking. Change it. The thoughts come. Change it. I'm shy. I don't know. Bold and strong. I don't speak well. Actually, I do. I've got clarity. I've got the sickness. The Lord is healing me. It's coming gradually. Praise God. Change your thinking. Change your thinking. Why do I say so? I told you my last verse, but I'll, I'll give you this one. A bonus. Why do I say so? Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. He says, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask all things. So if you can think it, my God, will go beyond it. He will not only match it. He will go beyond it. Hallelujah. If you can think it, God will do more abundantly. If you can think it, if you can ask it, my God will go beyond it. Your life, no, no boundary. Our lives are, bound, our, our, our lives are boundless. We've limited them by our own attitudes and thinking.
But from today, let's break the limits. Praise God. Praise God. No matter what's happening in our society, in our nation, in our world, we continue to live that life, that conquering life. We stand firm and we flourish. Get up. Wake up. If you're sleeping, it's about time to get up and begin to live. May the windows be open. And breathing fresh air. Breathing fresh air. It's time. It's time to breathe in fresh air. Time to arise and say, hey, you thought you could kill me off. It was too late. Tell the enemy, be on our feet, please. Tell the enemy, I'm sorry. Too late. When you brought a thing and you are killing people, you should have taken me. It's too late. Too late. I'm gonna stand. And I'm only gonna I'm only gonna stand firm. I'm going to now flourish than ever before in my purposes and in my callings. In the name of Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. That you will rise up. Amen. You will not let this be one of the days you hear the word of God and then you just go about start cooking or just start talking about something. But you want to dwell upon these thoughts. Let it simmer. Let it change your thinking. Amen. That you begin to, you know, focus upon Christ. Know your whole life. You want to go from this place with this thought that yes, to stand firm and flourishing in the storms of life it depends upon the wisdom of Christ. And that you're going to give your attention to his wisdom. I also pray for healing. Anyone not well in any part of, any part of their bodies, I pray right now. Yes, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Receive healing. Lord make you whole. Amen. Every part of your body where you ache Jesus. or there's any ailment. Thank you, Jesus, for hearing our prayer. And the sense. Amen. Amen. God bless you. God Amen. bless you. Praise God. The preacher has finished preaching. But the, we begin the preaching because now we need to go out and live out what we've heard. And what we've heard today, oh my goodness me, it is life transforming. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And I believe that we will have this attitude that since we've heard, we will do. Hallelujah. The word of God, I must say to you, is quick the word of God is living the word of God is not just a mere written text the word of God is living it's a living thing
When the word of God proceeds, when it comes out from the mouth of God, as Matthew puts it, when it comes out from the mouth of God, it is a living and active word, powerful, able to effect change and change things. It is not a dead letter. God's word is living. I am talking about the word that proceeds from the mouth of the living God. It is active, it is powerful, 